0: Good evening, boys and girls. Han Wolf here. It is Friday, January 29th, 7.52 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to the latest episode of The Mez. I have a great conversation to share with you today, with my pal. Uh, The incredible, the wonderful, the amazing Mr. Todd Harrington, he joined me on the show to talk about all matter of wonderfulness, so please make sure you stick around for the whole thing. Uh, Before we dive into the chat, I do want to let you know that you can support this operation on Patreon, patreon.com slash rnrdiary, that link will be in the show notes, uh, for those of you who skipped the intro, I will also direct you to my social media account at HRW Official for the updates on all the latest happenings in relationship to this project. This was such a fantastic episode. Todd is an amazing dude, and he listens to amazing music, and he has such incredible stories. And, um... This was just a a real, real pleasure for me, and I hope it is for you, too. You are hearing this tomorrow, Saturday, January the 30th at noon o'clock, or sometime thereafter. I sincerely hope you enjoy this particular episode with Todd Harrington. We're going to start. So, Todd, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure.
0: So let's, let's start where I always like to start with your musical story. Um, where mm-hmm. you grew up, what, where did you grow up and did you grow up in a musical household? And if so, what did it sound like?
1: Right, um, I grew up in Richmond, Virginia and I, di- I grew up around a lot of people that loved music. Um, my mom and I moved in with her parents when I was about four And they were, uh, they were, my grandfather's very musical. There was a piano in the house and he and my grandmother would always sit around and sing. And they came from, um, came out of like World War II England. So their their thing was like, you know, at night, light the fire, play the piano, sing these old songs. It was just awesome. It was like magic. Um, my grandfather was in the air force, but he was also a trumpet player in the air force. Um, So it was just kind of always there and everybody, all of their kids loved and obsessed with music. You know, they were, they read the liner notes. They could tell you about like, you know, the musicians that played on the records. And so that was a really cool upbringing. Always got records for Christmas, like stuff that my um, uncles and aunts would think that I liked and uh, generally nothing too contemporary. And probably stuff that you know they heard when they were older than when they gave it to me so it was, it was, a, it was a cool lots of soul music tons of soul music they loved the Brits like they love the American soul stuff and, and it was like the British invasion stuff and I don't, it was just a ton of uh, different I don't know different stuff yeah but um so I started taking piano lessons at an early age and my mom it was a uh, she was a theater major and so she was like really encouraging in the arts and so she would always Play me soundtracks. Take me to plays, uh, musicals, and uh, it was just a really sort of artistically vibrant household. Very supportive. Very, you know, arts positive. Mm. Um, And then I just eventually sort of, you know, I went the piano lesson route, which was just like, "This is (laughs) blame," which is terrible. (laughs) I wish now, of course, everybody says that, but um, you know, I'd wished I'd sort of had a a bigger perspective of it. But um, when I was around. 12 or 13 probably i'm sorry 11 or 12 i I transferred schools on the first day of that school transfer i sat next to a kid it was like i see he had like a beatles shirt on or something like that and i was like oh i you know i really like those guys and he was like you should come listen to my band and i was like what you have you know that's crazy that you have a band i didn't know and um he was like yeah we're actually looking for like a, a drummer and i was like oh i play drums i didn't play you know i didn't play anything i just knew that i was like I was like, "Oh my God! You know, you, we're ha- kids are are having bands. Of course, they're making bands and having bands, and I have to do this." And so, eventually, um, like, "Well, actually, you know, we just found a drummer. This is by the. This is like all within the first day of this school. It was like, you know, actually, we found okay. a drummer. What we really need is a bass player." And I was like, "That's so funny because I happen to play bass too." And uh, it, it was pretty wild. And it was like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna get together after." new year's during the christmas break and i was like cool no problem i'll be there and i went home and i was like mom (laughs) i have to have a you know please get me a bass guitar for christmas and it was like something out of a serious christmas catalog and it was just i don't know i just started from there it's so corny but that's the truth
0: no that's like i love that story i love that so much and i love to know that i i just love the fact that your parents were so arts positive because it reminds me a lot of my parents in a sense too because i i never i had a string of really shitty guitar teachers as a kid Mm -hmm. so i was sort of turned off by the idea of playing which Mm. is kind of a bummer Um, what what
1: made them shitty for you
0: they just were not um either they weren't like the right teacher for me or Mm. there was the there was maybe some subconscious recognition on my part that like they were not passionate about, you gotcha. know, teaching right. that thing to me. Cause I feel like teaching music is like teaching anything else. You gotta give a shit, right? You gotta yeah. really care, you gotta wanna do it. And the thing that I say about artsy people, whether you, and I'm going we'll talk about painting and we'll talk about, you know, visual art making as well. Sure. Um, uh, you do kind of have to be crazy if you want to do this for a career. <laughs>
1: like, right, right.
0: You have to be a little nuts. And so, you know, the people that I was with were squares, quite frankly, and it mm-hmm. just it ruined the whole thing for me. Um, but yeah, no, my parents, very similar, were, records were always playing. Mm-hmm. I remember I got a record player when I was, I don't know, 12, 13 or something like that. And my aunt bought me, I was a huge Bon Jovi fan at the time fantastic right my first vinyl yeah. slippery when wet which is an awesome record to get at 13. Mutt,
1: did I think did Mutt Lang produce that record
0: am I making that up? um
1: maybe I'm off Mutt the mark there
0: Lang. I know Mutt Lang did all the AC/DC and Def Leppard stuff
1: right right I, I felt like I he, I thought he had some involvement in that record but I could be way off
0: I know that John had a lot of involvement in the production of that record but
1: um, I love that you call him John like that's how much you loved that band like
0: <laughs> I, so I used to when I was like 15 i used to be able to like run through the behind the music Do you remember that show behind the music uh, of
1: course 100 right? yeah
0: i used to be able to like do the chronology of the band of like when they fired all the lawyers and got, <laughs> we got rehired and like i used to know the whole story um not so much anymore but that was like my band my first band that's you know sweet. that's long- fantastic yeah speaking of which wh- who were some of your first favorite bands because oh you first know, it's- bands wow Yeah, because, like, it sounds Um, to me that, like, you had this, um, you know, eclectic taste growing up.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. First bands. The first record that I, like, I bought with my own money and I thought was, like, I didn't, I loved early, early hip hop. Okay. Um, so I saved up my money and I bought uh, Nucleus's Jam on it, Revenge. And I, <laughs> you know, and that, in my mind and I was like, I was a huge comic book nerd too as like a little guy. Like, you know, again, my, I was really exposed to a lot of art, um, visual, audio, whatever, at a, at a very, very early age. I mean, it was always there. It was always, you know, always around. Um, but I loved that like the cover is like very like a comic book i can't remember the artist i used to know the artist but i thought you know it was like a band so that you know that that band was very important to me
0: (laughs) it'll always be important and and
1: still and still is so it was um obviously the beatles the beatles were a big thing around my house too that was like a shared experience um with family and friends so it, it felt like uh didn't feel like my band, but something like yeah. you know, <laughs> Nucleus really felt like, I was like, well, these guys, these are my guys, like, th- this is it. Um, and I loved the breakdance and all that shit, it was fantastic. I wish I could meet that kid, right? I wish you could like just go back and just yeah. like look at me. Um, <laughs> it would have been pretty amazing. But, uh, you know, thinking of band bands, like f- for sure those guys, and that led me into a lot of really cool records. Um, but, you know, the band thing is hard. Mm. Like, I would I would have to say, you know, I guess the Beatles, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I was trying to think, you know, you were saying Bon Jovi and how that was sort of your band. That was important to you. But, uh, yeah, I did, you know, eventually I became super obsessed with the Beatles, too. And,
0: I feel like everybody um, went through that phase.
1: A- you know, absolutely. I'm still kind of, de- I'm like a McCartney freak. Mm. Um, because... Um, you know when you get into that music and you get into his history and his sort of work ethic and like what he's actually done and how he does it and i I just love that stuff um
0: yeah for sure all that stuff yeah yeah and the thing about the beatles too no 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 for sure the the thing about the beatles because i also had an experience with the beatles when i was a kid too Mm because my grandparents my mom's parents used to play rubber soul they had like the cd I used oh, wow. to play in the car when I was really little. So the Beatles are some awesome. of like my first musical memories. Mm-hmm. And The thing that I have realized about the Beatles, because everybody that you talk to who's musically inclined, at least in my experience, has some kind of knowledge of the Beatles, has some sort of connection to the music or the story from either a musical standpoint or a production standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. And each person that That's I- That's interesting. To- yeah, uh, as some kind of like you- Well, you, I was just
1: thinking it's almost like it's art, it's everyone's story. Like their story is yeah. almost like everyone's story or like you can you can see like their story is almost a, a, an arc for everyone. That's right. Like, interesting, sorry.
0: No, 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 absolutely. I love it. Um, I find it interesting because once you get to a certain age, you mm-hmm. start, do you become a McCartney person? Do you become a Lennon person? Do you become a George mm-hmm. Harrison person? And can I ask you- was the McCartney thing like because you were a bass player and you could see part of yourself in him or was the, were, were the McCartney songs just your favorite songs?
1: Um, there was the, the bass connection for sure. Hmm. But there was like, I just felt like even as a kid, I was like, I feel like that guy is the one that's like really like, he just felt like he was, he was the one that was passionate about music. Got it. You know what I mean? Not like, not anything else really. I didn't, you know, and I felt like if somebody brought something to the table, he'd be like, this is fantastic. Let's work on this kind of thing. Um, I don't know. He just felt like the musician and the, the writer maybe in that band. He was also an artist too, obviously, but like the other guys, you know, I, I feel like I can find now knowing what I know, um, I can kind of find his stamp in everybody all the everybody's pieces you know George or John's you can be like oh well this is happening here this must have been you know he must have had some influence here somehow right um, but I don't know I just appreciated what he was bringing musically and to the table yeah um, and yeah you know I don't know you know no, there I've was been- there was something about him I, it's sort of just like I don't know
0: No, it's absolutely, there's that energy for sure. And Mm -hmm. speaking of inspirations, that sort of leads me into this next area of like, you know, thinking about guys and and musicians, particularly that had like an early influence on you, who were some of those people or groups and why why do you think they were inspirational to you as in that particular stage of your life?
1: Got you a lot of early influences, uh, American, you know, American soul music, especially play. Like, so when I first started playing bass, my, like my family members, were you know, super psyched about that. You know, they, they could be like, okay, you have to listen to this record and this is why and this is, you know, this is kind of a great bass thing. So there was a lot of like, um, Otis Redding was a huge, huge influence and, you know, Booker T and all those guys from that. Um, and I think there was like, once I got tied into the bass guitar, so that, then it just became an obsession and then you were listening to everything. A lot of the stuff that was like contemporary at that time didn't really speak to me. I'm not sure if it was because I was naive of what, of what was going on so much as like what I had been exposed to, in my opinion, had been so good, you know, Motown and um, and all that stuff, version Invasion stuff. And, but like all of that, you know, Motown and the Muscle Shoals stuff was, it was a huge thing for me um, because I was, you know, the bass is so forward and prominent. There's such a great performance in all those songs, regardless of what the song is, it wasn't just like some stock. Oh, you know, we need to, we need you to play bass on this track. Like, a you know, it was just like, it something. Was, exactly. I felt like it, you know, it was a really a point of contribution. Mm. Um, and like, know moving forward it was stuff like stanley clark um stanley clark and victor wooten and stuff because it was like i I felt like i had a voice on this instrument right out of the gate um i don't know why for some reason i was just comfortable with it i kind of understood what it what it held and then seeing guys like do do some different things with it you know technique wise was very eye-opening and i sort of embraced that whole side of the world um and I think you know, just those are my early sort of big, you know, thinking of bass like bass influences. Mm. If that answers your question. Sorry.
0: No, absolutely. <laughs> no, 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 that's true. And I, I. And that's
1: very like early on, like you know, I you know within that those first couple of years of having the instrument, yeah. I was like, wow, this is like, oh my god, there's a whole world here,
0: right? And that's yeah, that, for that's you know, amazing moment when you hit that stage in your musical explorations, right? Those first
1: completely. Stage. That yeah you. i had um i had a really interesting conversation we, we've had the pleasure of playing with um willie nelson a couple of times and wow. um his outlaw festival and i was we were backstage we we're out in the parking lot actually with the with the buses and i was talking to some allison Krause's guys okay and i'm bad i'm bad with names so i feel bad So i'm sure everybody's gonna be like okay. oh, my, you, you idiot it's blah blah I blah, blah. but her, i her won't her, even
0: either It's fine
1: Okay. I won't even name, you know, the instrument the guy played because then it'll be even worse. But we were talking about uh, talent and, you know, versus practice and yada, yada. And he was just like, he was at me. He's like, I don't believe in talent at all. I don't think you're born with an inherent talent. I think that you're exposed to something that you quickly become passionate about. And particularly if, you know, if it's a young person or a kid or something, it's just like they – You know, they grow so quickly and they search so rapidly just because they're passionate, you know, about something. Um, And I kind of think that made a lot of sense to me. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Mm -hmm. So it it was that phase of being really passionate about something and just like more, 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 you know?
0: Yeah, you're just hungry for it. Like Mm -hmm. I remember for the, I remember when. I was, I've told the story a whole bunch on the show and I, I will tell it probably until I'm blue in the mouth, but um, the best ones, right. Um, but my great grandmother passed away when I was 12 mm-hmm. and I'm Jewish. So you have seven days after the funeral of sitting Shiva and, you know, your family members and your friends and everybody comes over and pays, you know, a condolence call. And a friend of mine at the time who I've since lost touch with, unfortunately, I was absolutely broken up about the whole thing it was like the first time that i'd ever like experienced death in my life you know Mm -hmm. and um i just sort of locked myself in the room the day of the funeral i was like i don't really want to deal with humans this is bullshit you know and um this friend of mine who like i said i unfortunately lost touch with came over and he gave me a copy of eat a peach the almond brothers oh wow and I didn't know who the ombros were. I didn't know. Uh, I had no idea about Muscle Shoals. I didn't know. Like I right. was, in, you know, hair metal, Aquanet world. Like I didn't, <laughs> right? Like I didn't know about all this.
1: That's great.
0: And I remember feeling like I'm sitting in front of the fucking CD player. You mm. know, and I cranked it up, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, what is this?" Like they, they were like superheroes, right? Yeah. Like, doing things Dwayne was doing things on a guitar that I had never heard I didn't know were possible right play a song for 30 minutes
1: yeah like it
0: blew my head off and that was the beginning of like that's when the doors opened
1: that's really cool yeah
0: yeah that changed my life forever
1: do you know like what resonated with you about that music
0: I've never been asked that that's a good question i don't know if at the time the lyrics themselves made sense to me because oh, yeah. you know greg is you know meditating on the death of his brother which i had i didn't know until much later mm-hmm. you know you're also talking about you know, you mentioned earlier about how you could wish you could go back and just take a look at yourself, you know, 25 years ago or whatever. Like, For sure. was, the first record that I ever bought with my own money was Led Zeppelin four. And it wow. was a final record. And I was convinced I'm 12, 13, 14, whatever. I was like, this is, the, this is an, I thought it was a new pressing is what mm-hmm. I thought. It was. Like, I thought it was original, and I got it for 25 bucks, and I was like, this is amazing, right? <laughs> it didn't occur to me that, like, the record was already 40 years old at that time. So, like, I'm in... I,
1: that's it. I had the... Sorry. That's right. I had the same experience with that stuff when my when I would be exposed to records yeah. that were probably 30 years old. I didn't even thought think was- of them no. as being dated or anything. Yeah.
0: Right. And so, like, in my head, I just thought they were, like jedi masters of this this rock and roll magic whatever it was and it was i think it was the um i definitely sensed this like innate creativity in the music Mm -hmm. like if you listen to a bon jovi song you could break up the parts of the song pretty easily right Mm -hmm. whereas if you listen to any number of you know almond brother songs particularly the live stuff you know it is just sort of an improvisational thing they just sort of got up there and went for it you know and mm-hmm. it was clear to me that Dwayne in particular was just being himself up there he just sort of surrendered to the music in a way that I never knew you could right it like it never crossed my mind And so that was sort of the beginning of, and after that, I got into Jimi Hendrix and Janis Joplin and the 60s and Woodstock and all that stuff. And like, yeah,
1: what a great era.
0: Led to another, and here we are.
1: Yeah, Yeah. literally, like, yeah, musically, for sure.
0: It's insane. I mean, standing on the backs. Right. I -hmm. mean, and the other thing too, you know, we talk about Dwayne Allman. I wanted to ask you about Bruce because you mentioned Bruce. Hampton in a number mm-hmm. of conversations and I don't I can't talk about Dwayne at this point in my life without talking about Bruce they sort of in a way they go hand in hand oh wow yeah that's I,
1: great I, that's exciting I never have anybody really to talk to about Bruce Hampton
0: no yeah I'm fascinated by him mm-hmm. I'm like really sort of I'm just fascinated by the idea that there's this guy out there or that there was this dude out there who sort mm-hmm. of looked like your weird uncle you know yeah. The, the weird uncle at Thanksgiving that you like, you only see like once a year and he sort of, you think he's on drugs, but you don't know. <laughs> <I> know right? <laughs> That's to me. And I'm fascinated by people like that. Can you talk about his influence and why he's important to you?
1: Man. So it's so vast. He, that music hit me at a time when I was sort of coming out of the high school listening experience. Like, um, okay. I, I, and not to diminish that, all of that music was very important, still is important, but it was like, it was bringing me into like, I could hear the first time I heard that record, which was the live ARU record. It's really Aquarium Rescue, that sort of hit me. Um I was like, wow, you know, this is everything to me. This is like everything that I love all rolled up into, into one and when you went and saw him or saw that band, it was like, you had all these incredible musicians, but they had to go through Bruce, Mm. you know? And Bruce was like this sage, I don't know, you know? But I remember going and I would go, I I would see any of those guys anywhere. I would go to any sort of class they were giving, like whatever. And I remember Oteil Burbage being like, you know, he can't play Mary Had a Little Lamb. He doesn't know anything. Uh, you know obviously knows everything but so they had to you know they had to he was like i remember him saying you know we had to figure out he was like me and jimmy can play one four five in any way you can think of you know and i and i don't know how to it just sort of was like
0: it made sense
1: to you it made sense to me but he was someone that could make things you know palatable like Hmm you know you you could you could take the medicine but see the benefit at the same time versus like why you know i don't know that's
0: that's a really you know. good way to put it though i like that that mm-hmm. you, can, you see the benefit at the same time and i think and i'm i'm curious to know from your experience as both a visual artist and a musician how mm-hmm. someone like that influences or or well i don't want to use that word too much i guess but how someone like that plays a role in how you view art making, right? Because mm-hmm. I think he reminds me of people like Sun Ra or Frank Sure, Zappa, of course. Right. I mean, you, right, have to, right. you have to tell, talk about Zappa when you talk about Bruce, he's another one of those people where, you know, Frank is very much like a musician's musician mm-hmm. anyways, but he's also one of those guys that if you were to play a Frank Zappa song for any, for a casual listener, they'd look at you and go, what in the hell is that? Right? right.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
0: his value in our eyes is incredibly important, right? Because they give you the green light to essentially do whatever the hell you want, right? It,
1: exactly. I, I think those guys, guys like that, um, you know, Bruce in particular, I think he was able to like pull these musicians out of their, um, and I, I'm speaking for myself, but Mm -hmm. out of like their own bullshit and their own ego and you know what i mean and like um present them with a voice you know like you could be doing you know you don't have this is all you know you don't have to follow these rules you know what do you don't you know you don't have to be hung up on any i you know i need to know this i have to do it this way blah, blah blah i think you know they just sort of are just like this big eraser on a whiteboard and just like you know it doesn't just be truthful and be honest and, you know, do everything from the heart. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um, And that was very inspiring. You know, it was so inspiring to me because you could just see it. You could see these guys that were just like incredible musicians, but they were just like, you know, they were dealing with a platform of honesty. And at the same time there was, you know, integrity. Yeah. But um, I don't know, you know, these, these guys are like, I, I don't know. It's it's incredible. They're like pioneers, but in the, in the big sense of like, you know, they're really going through all this stuff.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, and I want to sort of gear that into this discussion of visual art because I find it really, I find it really cool that like you you are a painter. You were trained as a painter and a sculptor. I, I heard mm-hmm. in one of your conversations that you did go to art school. Um, did this kind of um, new way of thinking about creation, I guess, if you want to use a big, big word. Sure. Um, did that sort of walking into art school, a relatively, you know, I mean, you're making art, but you're still, you have to do homework and you have your classes, you have a schedule, whatever. It
1: it completely gave me such a freedom and such a broader perspective. Hmm. than, um, my fellow students, because, um, I'm not saying that's better by the way. I just, I knew that I was approaching this different, you know, especially like your undergrad, I think in any situation, if you're, um, if you're, if you have a focus, it's almost like you're just there to reinvent the wheel yeah. and, you know what I mean? And see what you're doing and understand how it works. And then, you know, you get a chance to sort of expand on, it. but, um, I, that attitude and that perspective And that realization of, you know, fuck it, be truthful. Just what you know, whatever you're thinking, just do it. And you know, don't you? Don't have to submit to anybody else's ideas or blah blah blah. But um, yeah, that that completely completely crossed over into any sort of visual arts that I was doing at the time. Yeah, for sure. And now, and now, like, because now it's just like, you know, with anything, there's sort of Different channels in the art, in the arts, any sort of arts, and expectations, and blah, blah blah blah. But it's just like that freedom to explore, but just to be given the option to explore on your own and not worry about it holding up against something else that ultimately probably doesn't matter to you.
0: Yeah. No, you absolutely. Know. And do you think? Um, and I'm curious to know. Just to backtrack, just a second. You yeah. know, is in my view, like. For example, like, I was a huge Frank fan. Like, I discovered Frank first, you know, mm-hmm. so I know a little bit more about him. And um, I remember discovering his music in high school and wanting to just, like, ditch school and be done with all the rules. Like Sure. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Why, why did you decide to continue in the academic environment? <laughs> well, I
1: know, right. <laughs> well, It didn't matter.
0: <laughs> I
1: myself. Um, I wanted to... I wanted to continue to learn. I, um, it's interesting. A lot of people I talk about have have a completely flip flop perspective of this, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I didn't want my focus to be on music because there's a magic in music for me. You know, there was sort of a, in I didn't want to. I didn't want to pull any of the the shine off of it for me and get into the, you know, turn everything into a, a mathematical equation. Um, you know, if you eventually do that anyway. The longer you do it. But I did have that interest in visual arts. I was like, oh, I would kind of like to know a little more about this other than I feel like doing this. So I'm going to do this. I did want to kind of hone those that skill set in and be around other artists. You know, I wasn't ready. I was, I mean, I was on the, like, I was legitimately on the road since I was like 19. I was really on the road, like on the road. Wow. But I was like around musicians all the time. And there's something different about visual artists. And I kind of wanted to at least get as much of that world out of it, um, out of that world as I could. And so that's why I was just like, "Well, I'm just gonna go, you know, I'm gonna go study this stuff and be immersed in these people in this sort of ethic. And, you know, I'm gonna be around musicians. So I get that. And right. once you're around them for a long time, there's kind of this thread with anything, you know, with anything, there's like a thread of, there's like this little personality thread that's there. Yeah. Um, But I don't know, you know, and we were, I was just lucky that I was like, right down the street from the number one sculpture department in the United States at the time, it just sort of fell into that. And it was an incredible, extremely um, challenging, especially time wise, because I was like, completely dedicated to being music, uh, playing playing music. And that's what I wanted to do with my life. But I did sort of want to expand, you know, the arts, the visual arts but it was very challenging to sort of create and come up with stuff consistently while the majority of your life is pulled to this music thing too.
0: Right, absolutely. And can you talk about um, the difference, I guess, in, cause I'm assuming then in that case that you were exposed to a lot of visual art. It sounds like you were mm-hmm. uh, for the course of your growing up. Um, can you talk about I guess, the difference in how seeing something might move you versus how hearing something might move you, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. I've had um,
0: conversations with people who, who see them as being different things. And I'm curious if you have a, a similar experience.
1: I'm not. I think initially you may have a different, you know, the reaction is, is could kind of be the same, but you're seeing it. You know, you can see it, you can touch it you can see the creative process in it, mm-hmm. um, like right in front of you. You can, you know, depending on what we're talking about, you can see joins or structures or, you know, brushstrokes or whatever. In, in music, often you're just, li- you know, you're listening for that stuff. So you're really, you know, it's a different thing. The visual aspect might not be available to you unless it's like an album cover or something like that. So it's, um, you know, it's auditory. So you have a different, like, I feel like, you know, music's coming in through your ears, visual art's coming in through your eyes generally. Um, so you're just, you know, right there, you're going to process it a little differently. But I feel like for me, and this is just for me, I can't speak for anybody else. Hmm. Um, and that goes for this whole conversation. Yeah, yeah. But vi- visual arts tends to hit my brain first. Okay. And, and I don't mean in the sense of like, you know, trying to break it down Um I just mean, it. It the the thing that happens initially right before it gets to my heart is like the brain. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like music hits my heart first and then then my brain. Um, but that's just how I process it. And so that's the difference there for me. Um, and generally, you know, art, visual arts for the most part is kind of like a, you know, it's a soul creation. It's solidary, uh, solidary. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, it's very private and there's the performance aspect of the visual arts is completely different than like music, you know, music, there's an expectation that sort of comes along There's a whole performance side to it that can be there in visual arts, but it's not really, I mean, I don't think maybe it'll be viewed in the gallery. Maybe you have that sort of perspective, but it's not like you're going to come out right. for the most part, you know what I mean? And whip out this painting on a, a Madison square garden or something like that. You know, you really, you know, unless you've gotten found a niche and are like selling it, you know, a lot of times that stuff is, you know, making the equivalent of making something on your four track at home that just sits on a shelf. No, but you know right. what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how to uh, like, No, like, I like
0: identify put it in words with right that because as a writer, I was trained mm-hmm. as a writer. I, my degree is in writing. So, you know, this idea Do you visualize an,
1: an, an audience or do you visualize a listener? yeah so
0: what's interesting about it is when i started in school i started in the broadcast program at one college mm-hmm. and i am terrified of like being in front of people i have like severe 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 stage fright like i can i'm one of those people that like can feel eyeballs looking at me i'm the
1: exact same way i and really it, am oh it, man it's
0: crippling so yeah I, oh,
1: for sure for sure
0: so- and I also, I had a teacher who was like hell-bent on trying to get me to like cut my hair and do all this stuff. And like, oh, so weird. that's not gonna happen. And <laughs> what happened was, is I became a director and a producer and a writer. And I realized that I could create stuff. I could make stuff. At that time, it was like a daily news broadcast, but I could make a thing have my name on it, people would see it and like feel it and interact with it and stuff, but I didn't have to be seen.
1: Yes, right, yeah, yeah. So
0: like when I write, even when I do this, like people can hear me, people can Mm. see me in the words, but like they don't have to see me. Do you know what I mean? Like I think about the- You You control
1: the exposure that way so you don't have to worry about, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I totally understand. And
0: it's this idea of like, like Fran Lebowitz has this quote, you'll appreciate this. She said, being a successful writer is enough to get you a good table at a nice restaurant, but not enough to get you bothered when you eat.
1: Yeah, That's great. That sounds, that right? sounds perfect. Yeah.
0: That's it. It's like, I don't, it's the idea. I love the idea of like hiding in plain sight
1: anonymity i mean i right. i completely agree with you i love that i have i have no interest in in celebrity like whatsoever never right. my entire life i don't want to have anything that goes with that i don't want have the mindset that i believe it takes um i, I just i don't have any interest in that i want to keep working so i you know there's sort of things that you have to justify and blah blah blah, blah but um I, you know i i wouldn't want could you imagine god
0: yeah. It's like, it's yeah. so icky to me. And like, I love this idea of, you know, cause like when I think about my own work, for example, like, and you can be more open, right? Like this idea, for sure. you could really open yourself up, you know, to, to the world in a really intimate sort of private way, but they don't have to see anything about you. Yeah.
1: Yeah and also like, that sort of eliminates the the idea of, of certain expectations on you
0: yeah if you're not
1: out there publicly you know right. what i mean like physically really is what i'm talking yes. about i guess
0: Absolutely. but um
1: and because oh, no. you know expectation what does that end up doing you know if it's outside of your yourself right um i don't know if that's healthy at all really
0: no i agree with you and i'm curious like you know when you talk about i guess the privacy of art making Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a little ironic considering that you have a a show that you've been doing because I do want to talk about this thing that you're doing on your Instagram, which I think is super interesting, Um, sort of inviting people into that studio space, into that private studio space with others. Um, Can you talk about sort of where this idea came from and I guess what you've gotten out of it as an artist?
1: Sure. so I started. I I always have been painting. I've always had little shows here and there, um, alongside of sort of my musical career. But um, I would just go live, and I started like in the spring, and just and paint in the afternoon outside, and um, I was doing that a lot on Facebook um, before I switched over to Instagram. And it was nice. Like, I wasn't looking at it. I was just painting. Like, maybe somebody wants to tune in and watch some brush strokes on a canvas right now, for God's sakes. You know, this is so what the some hell's going on?
0: Probably thought it was some sort of performance art project. Right,
1: <laughs> right. Um, probably. Yeah. But um, so then I switched over to, you know, lots, lots of things were happening socially. And I was like, this is weird. And I was sort of questioning why I was doing it. Like, you know, um, same thing with anything i was doing musically like putting out stuff every week content like am i i was like god am i is this a am i am i doing this to like deliver content and you know and then i was like well i just screw that i don't want to do that i don't want to sort of have that push behind me um so what i would do is i would like in the middle of the night like 2 a.m our time i would start to paint and i'd go live on instagram and i would only do that because i want i was tired i was so tired of creating alone, that I was like, oh man, it just might be nice if somebody's on here and I can talk to somebody. And a couple of times there were, and it turned into something really nice, like a conversation. Um, people would play music, and you know, and I didn't keep any of those, but it was such a great. I was like, oh, this is great, you know. And I wasn't there crossing that person. It wasn't two heads talking. Um, so the, the the level or the approach of the conversation was completely different than what I was seeing at the time, like, you know, you would see somebody go live, you flip on and there's two heads yeah, um, and they're doing the thing and w- which I, which I love too. And that's awesome. But there's sort of it, there's an intent there. There's an intention there. Um, and I'm not saying that as a negative word, but you know, there's a, there's a reason for it. yes, And, but what I was getting out of those late night sessions was like, man, this is just like, was learning so much more about the person that I was dealing with you know, nobody was there to like sell anything. I certainly wasn't there to like, you know, push paintings or try to, you know, make any money. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll just try to do that and reach out to some people and do it at a time. Maybe other people can turn in, tune in, excuse me. And, um, and that's what I did. And it's been so great. Just the, it's like such a freeing thing. It's such a feel good thing um, for me, <laughs> hopefully everybody else. Yeah. And then and in turn, that sort of challenged me to deal with uh, a different approach in terms of making visual art. So I was, I was trying to find like a different way to create or paint without being, you know, while being able to hold a conversation and be present in the conversation, while still be present in the piece. So I limited myself to three colors. I limited myself to the way I was going to paint, you know, no brushes. I, I just transferred all my paint to ketchup bottles essentially <laughs> yeah. and you know and i prepped the canvases beforehand before each show okay. and so it just it was really great it was really freeing it was like oh what you know i don't even what is this going to be and it was nice i don't know i i really honestly just did it to sort of uh maybe feel better maybe bring some other people some happiness
0: I think it's um, great. And I watch them, I try to tune in when I can and, and I mm-hmm. watch them afterwards and I, I really enjoy them and I look forward to, to seeing them and hearing them. Um, one thing that I love about them is that you end up having these really meaningful conversations with people.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. You
0: know, folks who, because there's something that I find problematic, and I'm sure you've experienced this being a person who's you know has probably been interviewed a whole bunch of times before, that sometimes these conversations between some jack-off radio person <laughs> <laughs> or can feel very contrived and sort of empty like how's the tour going like no one uh, yeah, really yeah. gives a shit whether or not you guys are enjoying yourselves on the road you're probably not right you're like you have to
1: hit like, bullet points and check them off and yeah I totally right. understand. it's
0: highly frustrating and, mm-hmm. and i've worked in the radio business and it drove me fucking nuts to listen to Certain people ask just dumb questions of folks who could obviously give you a response to something very meaningful and and impactful, right? And I love that you've found this mechanism to sort of unlock that in folks. And I'm curious Mm -hmm. to know um, if you have any particular moments that stand out for you as like, oh, that was really special,
1: right I mean there's honestly there's something in every one there's usually a couple of moments where I'll be like and it's kind of I I know I don't go back and watch them I probably should I I have watched maybe two or three and I can see when it hits because like the stroke will slow down and like you know there's like a moment of pause on my end and um but that you know that is such a special moment I think that the format sort of lends itself to that but there's so many I mean the let's see the the Carl Denson one, just because it's kind of fresh in my mind, was so heavy. Mm. Like, like it turned into such a unique spiritual conversation. Like, you know, the subject matter. I had no idea. I played with Carl a ton. And I know, you know, been around Carl a lot. And I didn't know any of this about him. I didn't know, you know, we we've talked about certain things like brushed over stuff. But um, his wealth of knowledge, you know, was. particularly like his religious depth was like mind-blowing to me I didn't know anything about that I didn't know he like had a relationship with Eddie Harris he's like one of my heroes and um but there's always some sort of I think when when that person starts to sort of feel comfortable and like reveal themselves or comfortable asking I mean I don't have any questions beforehand it's just that you know what it's just like a conversation and a topic will come up, like I think with Tim, something we got into like maybe ego or something like that. And that was, um, I I don't view these, I will say I don't view them as an interview um, at all. I don't come at it like that. I really just view it as a conversation and a way to work and still, and not work alone. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, maybe give somebody, like you're saying, like these, I feel like what the topics can be pretty interesting and you learn something about these people that's not coming off of like a checklist or a bullet point thing that we have to, got to talk about the new record, you got to talk about, you know, the same thing. Um, and but yeah, the,
0: with A&R people.
1: Right, right. I mean, but you know, there's something to be said for that, like sound bites and stuff like yeah. that, that tra- stuff travels all over quickly. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, value li- in it though, you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But there's always, honestly, there's always at least, I would say like two or three times in this conversation where it's like, whoa, that how do we get here that box just opened up you know that's really cool and I'll we'll continue talking about it until that person's not comfortable talking about it you know what I mean right I try not to ask questions about gear or the, you know it's also a Q&A format I guess because the chat's flowing so anybody can just say whatever or ask whatever to those guests and I'm not looking at it yeah like, you know my back is turned to the camera so they that's like a one-on-one with those people um, and they can ask those questions. You know what I mean. They yeah. can they can do all their A stuff, which is fine with me.
0: Yeah. But yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: It's no, weird. fascinating, and I, I love this idea of like because I've I have a lot of friends that went to Berkeley and Mass Art, mm-hmm. and all different kinds of art schools all over all over Boston, and you know the studio space, particularly of my friends who are visual artists, the studio space was this sort of sacred private closed off space that you had to go through three different doors down a hallway around a corner to get to right yeah whereas you know with all my musician friends it was like yeah rehearsals at thursday on thursday at seven over <laughs> you know and um that's so true right and there was yeah. thing there was something equally beautiful about both Mm -hmm. Right. Like the communal aspect of a whole bunch of people doing homework in the corner of a Berkeley rehearsal room where three or four guys are blowing out the speakers on the other side of the room. Right. Yeah. It's got its own sense of like romance, I guess, like capital R romance, whereas there's something deeply intimate about being like sort of let into that sacred studio space Mm -hmm. and um. Me as somebody who appreciates art and values art, I find myself very thankful for that because, you know, I particularly loved your your stream with Amy Black. Who? Oh
1: yeah, you know, that was that was fantastic. Yeah, thanks for reminding. I mean, that's like yes, I sort of forget, but that was really great. I thought wow. that was
0: so beautiful because you got to see two different two different artists doing two different things. That one felt to me the most, I guess, artistic, in quote, mm-hmm. prime, I understand. Because, you know, you have two people who are sort of deeply involved in creating these things. I just found that stream so beautiful.
1: Yeah, I did too. And she's really special and her work is fantastic. And then her pinking fun thing is like very moving. You know, when those images come up, it's just like, whew,
0: Yeah, you feel you it.
1: Know, oh yeah, I mean, what, you know, that's just incredible. Yeah. and she what you know that was a um and that's another one you know where Laura I knew I've known her for a long time and we've never talked about a lot of those so it's just funny you just like could know somebody for a really long time and never talk about simple subjects that you probably yeah wouldn't think to talk about because you might think they're too personal but I don't know but this right now this year who cares
0: right like you know you
1: know what I mean like fine. that's what I want to hear personally I want to hear like some real heartfelt deep shit about somebody else I don't want to like you know what I mean? Who's got yeah, time I think it's for any
0: heart of something? Yeah, yeah,
1: like straight to it. You know, yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, that's like Bruce Hampton right there.
0: <laughs> no, it's true. It's absolutely but that's a
1: real thing. You know, doing that. I think if you could, I mean, it'd be interesting to live a life like that, where you can immediately just sort of shove off the armor and be like, and then like walk like that in the world, and you know, approach other people like that. Um,
0: Imagine how empathetic the world would be.
1: Yeah, hopefully, right? <laughs> or maybe there'd just be all the bullshits just gone. So almost like, <laughs> what if there's no need for empathy? Everything is just right.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. I know for sure. Um, is there anyone that you would like to have? Because I know, for example, you know, Tim. Tim is a friend of this program. Tim is Tim sort of awesome. This massive sort of guy. Is there anybody, I guess, on that level that you would that you would love to have? Join? There's.
1: There's tons of people. Um, I didn't I've been fortunate recently that that people have started to kind of reach out to me, but there, there are there. I have a list. Um, and I think it would just depend. I, I'd love to talk to Sergio Simpson. Mm. Um, I think that that would be interesting. I would love to, uh, how cool would it be to like talk to the Dalai Lama? <laughs> after ta- you know, but like, after talking to Amy, I went down a really big hole with that stuff and I was like, this is amazing. Um, I think I don't have anybody necessarily now that I really like, I got to get this person, but I kind of do crave for like what you were talking about. Like those break, like whoever it is, I don't care. Like, um, because I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm doing this for a sort of, I don't know if it's a selfish reason, but I like the way I like the intimacy. I, I get a lot out of that. You know, I think it's pretty yeah. healthy. Um, so I think I would talk to anybody Um. what I would hope for is like to have that sort of key unlock moment, you know, where you're really talking about some deep stuff that I'm surprised that, I mean, maybe, you know, now that we're sort of Thinking about it, I mean, maybe every the people that you talk to need that as much as you do. Maybe they I, need to talk about that stuff. Maybe everything's so heavy right now, in the past year, that they don't want to talk about it with their loved ones because it's like, yeah, I know we're all dealing with this. Let's sort of figure. I let's push on.
0: Absolutely right, and you're yeah. absolutely right. And that's happened on this show too. Like there have I believe been- it. I feel oh. like it's
1: happening now. <laughs> Sorry,
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. It's great. It's, I there there was you know, I find this more so with my with the guests of that have been on my show who are women as opposed to the guests who are men. But Mm -hmm. I guess I guess it's subjective depending upon who you talk to. But a lot of times the women who've been on my show will say this felt more like girl time than it did yes having a conversation with somebody. Like this felt Mm -hmm. more like having coffee with a friend or something. And that to me, and I'm sure you Mm -hmm. have the same experience is the highest compliment absolutely give me because I am not here. The biggest interview I ever did before all this began was I interviewed Ani DeFranco. Wow.
1: Yes. Jesus.
0: Wow. I was doing I was doing middays <sighs> at my college station. This oh. and I was a freshman, freshman, sophomore, something like that, which is sort of a rare thing that to put, you know, a young kid like that live on the air once once, you know, a day. Yeah. Sort of a big deal. And they wanted me to do this interview with her. That's and amazing. of course Did- I'm Fucking terrified.
1: Okay. Were you a fan or did, did you know?
0: Well I was a fan of her. I didn't know too much about the music. I knew the big hits you know right. and I knew that you know she's a super feminist person and I knew a lot about her activism more mm-hmm. so than I did about her her music admittedly and so I'm of course furiously trying to gather questions but you know I asked her tough questions about you know, Trump had just gotten elected at that time, or we were maybe a year into God right. knows what we were walking into at that time, right. and, you know? So I asked her some really hard questions about the state of the world and like, what's going on. And afterwards she was like, that was a really fucking great conversation. Like that doesn't really happen. That's fantastic. Like, yes.
1: I do did. you think, um, where do you think that comes from? Do you think, um, why would somebody say that to you? What What do you think? You're are you approaching it from a different place? Like, are you are you do? Um, I think
0: what do you what do you
1: hope to get out of it? I guess when you go into those things, are you yeah. looking for those moments too? Or are you?
0: Well, yes, I would say so. I think, I think the answer for me is twofold. Um, mm-hmm. I think it starts from giving a from really giving a shit about the thing that you're talking about or the person that you're talking about, right? Right, right. to rather, and I think. It comes from like a real place of empathy you know Mm -hmm. and um wanting a certain person to be heard right like i'm a journalist so my job is to tell other people's stories who don't have the megaphone that i at a newspaper or a website or whatever have so it's my job to make sure that the person who has the story to tell feels seen and understood and heard that's like the first part of the job but i think also like My problem, I was the rock director and the music coordinator at the, when I transferred from Emerson College to LaSalle College, I was in upper management at the radio station there. And I found a real, I found myself in a real predicament because, you know, my PD wanted me to have these sort of empty, vapid interviews with people who I knew could have deeper conversations. And I just, I, right, right. I don't want to be in service to the man
1: <laughs> like, I just right.
0: so part of it. Like I, I would be lying to you if I said that, you know, people like Frank or Bruce or whoever these people are, Captain Beefheart or whatever, like didn't have that kind of influence. Right. Um, mm-hmm. There was something about this idea of like, we don't care what you think we're going to be honest and do it anyway. And you're yeah. just going to have to live with that like mm-hmm. that the, you're just gonna have to live with it there's something about that that felt that i could understand as we've been talking about right mm. and i think that you know i'm gonna make a person uncomfortable by asking a serious question and if that's the case then so be it yeah like, i feel like people who listen to this show much in the way that i think people who watch your show there's something to be gained from experiencing a conversation like that mm-hmm. right totally and, you know what i mean so like i feel totally. like i have an obligation to have conversations with people that i'm interested in people that i'm inspired by or whatever mm-hmm. and deliver something of interest to people who deserve it do you know what i mean so there's like also the sense of responsibility too sorry completely
1: that- no no that i 100 percent agree with
0: you yeah and i think also too that like this idea of you know, sharing with people art and stuff that we like and stuff that we're listening to, like, who doesn't love that? Like, I feel there, you know, the, the, our community is struggling hard right now. And I think the- Just being
1: able to offer a respite, you know, is like-
0: Right? And like, I love this idea that we can, because don't you feel like that the community has gotten far more personal than- it has been like, you know, I have been backstage at various shows and had to do the, hi, how are you? Like, nice to see you. Like blah, blah, blah. Like I've had to do that before and it sucks. Right. And like, I love this idea that it's just a whole bunch of people who love the same thing, just chatting about it. Yeah. Right. Like, isn't that the best?
1: It's the best. And especially right now, I think everybody to some extent is hurting a little bit. So they just appreciate any sort of like some being cordial to somebody else somebody you know what I mean maybe yeah a, just some sort of an interesting topic or something that just sort of pulls you out of like whatever spin you yeah. or your you know loved ones or your pod is in yeah. that day you know
0: yeah pod that's a word we're using
1: a lot <laughs> I know, um, right, right? <laughs>
0: uh much like Things like this. I
1: checked off my 2020, 2021 jargon right there, so I feel like right, right, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, so I do want to ask you a couple of sort of housekeeping questions in terms of the Chris Jacobs thing. So I know, sure. that, you know, our community is finding its way, mm-hmm. one way or another. Are you guys, how are you guys doing right now? I know, obviously, like, no one's on the road, no one's doing anything, but you're in Virginia and I'm in Massachusetts and politically, right. the two places are very different. Right. Um so it, what's how are you guys handling what's happening right now and
1: what you know it's kind of a holding pattern. Um we we stay creatively active as a band, just sort of passing ideas back and forth. Okay. Um um I like a lot of musicians have sort of had to navigate like gotten serious about home recording and home like video editing and you know, video creation. So that's been nice. And to do stuff like that with those guys. Um, so what we're just sort of doing what we can to stay, you know, like tread water. Um, I mean, cause that's all we're doing. And, you know, hopefully maybe you're learning something on the way, maybe you stumble into some sort of, you know, some personal growth. Um, but we have plans to like record and work on new stuff. And it's just sort of like the timeline is skewed because not that it matters, but when would it be relative? When would people, you know what I mean? That's one of those things where you kind of do, you think about an audience um, because we're certainly happy just to send stuff you know, back forth to each other and be like, this is a, this is a blast, it feels so good. The best thing I did today. Um, but that's a great, what's great about that band is Chris is such a such a nice human Mm. that he what he generates and his fans are so cool because they're all like music lovers Mm. um
0: it seems like a very happy community of people which is not a word I would use in our scene much it's so
1: weird it is but it's like just a very appreciative all like I feel like they're just filled with musicologists like you know waiting to talk to you about records once you get off stage which is like the best
0: yes um i love those i love the nerds
1: they're just it's so great you know especially the old school ones that's like you know have you heard this record how did you ever hear about that and you know um but that's great and my hope is i mean with the conversations that we have have had with uh just like wh- whoever, whatever behind the scenes people is like, you know, maybe the end of the year. I think everybody's like, oh, summer festivals and fall maybe, but I really honestly think, you know, I just for my own sanity, I'm just going to say like a year from now, maybe, maybe a little less. It's like, maybe it'll be kind of up to 80% or something like that. Yeah. There's so much at risk, you know, like in terms of not just personal health, but like litigation. And like oh yeah. You know.
0: mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's crazy what we're dealing with in in terms yeah i feel
1: but you know the arts has just got hit so heavy and i feel like um i'm surprised that you're not hearing that much about it i like you know what i mean i I don't like we're if it wasn't for like you know to to be very honest with you Hmm. like i have a two-income household and mine was like wiped i mean like i'm not kidding like completely gutted um and if it wasn't for her income we would be in like some really 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 financial dire straits um we've had to adjust accordingly of course and um i've supplemented my income in like a ton of other ways Mm. but it's been um you know heartbreaking to watch a lot of artists just get the rug pulled out from you know not creatively but just like financially and there's like nothing there's nothing, nothing really in place or anything. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. I had to move back in with my dad. Like, I See, I,
1: right. I'm sure it's nuts. I know. I know a ton of people that are living with their parents. I mean, this is like, we're talking like 40, 50 year old people that are living with their parents right now. Like, you know, that's yeah. crazy to me. And it's almost <laughs> disgusting. I mean, it, it is, is yeah. disgusting.
0: It is. Oh, for sure. And um, you know, I mean, again, it, forgive me this too personal, but you have a child coming soon too.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know, right?
0: (laughs) Well, congratulations that you have
1: it. Yeah, let's just add that to the pile. Um,
0: That's first of all, it's very exciting.
1: It's it's nothing but love, and it's like we couldn't, you know, have been more like, you know, blessed is such an overused term, but I really believe that. Like it's, uh, you know, this came out of nowhere, and we've never we were always just told that it wasn't going to happen, you know. So it was off the sort of books. Yeah. And then what a nice. I mean what you know geez what a juxtaposition but it's just been uh such a not that we needed it here in our household but it has just been such a dose of like love yeah and uh you know like what a what a like you know I don't know what a way to remove the bullshit like go ahead you know right it's incredible
0: that's gotta tell you though honestly that's a pretty good outlook because I know you know let's say, you know, if I was in that situation, mm-hmm. given the financial ruin that our community is in right now, I would be in panic mode probably. Yeah, oh, for,
1: oh, for sure. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean,
0: don't get me 100%. wrong. There's definitely yeah. that. But
1: I, you know, why that's obviously there. So I didn't, you know, we try not to deal with it, not oh, deal with it, dwell course. on it. Sorry.
0: No, of course. and I, But I, I commend you for for choosing to, I guess, walk through the panic mode with that Mm -hmm. sort of, of, um, glass half full kind of attitude. Cause that I find is increasingly difficult these days. For sure. Um, I almost
1: feel like you have to, though. It's kind of a, you know, sink or swim sort of thing because well, also, I would feel terrible if we, you know, we brought this little soul into the world and it just felt that, you know, that it just can't, you know, just came into this sort of, panic and it's like downtrodden like oh (laughs) "Oh, you know you made it congratulations sit in the corner and you know like while I mope I don't know right pine for being on stage um but yeah it has been it's just been so beautiful man it really it it's really incredible and we got you know we were fortunate I don't know where you are and what your situation is in terms like what's going on in the medical community but in a lot of our local hospitals um, like the fathers aren't, aren't allowed to go to the, the visit, the checkups or whatever. And all, some yeah. of them aren't even allowed. Into the room. Even
0: The deal is here.
1: Right. Yeah, so, um, well, if app. you plan on it, you know, <laughs> right <where we're> <laughs> but we lucked out, we, we fell into a c- scenario where, you know, I was, I'm, I can't be there and, you know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's magic. I mean, it's crazy. I can't believe like I'm just blown away, like like what the female body is capable of. It is Pretty incredible, isn't it? It is really incredible, and I always appreciated it. Don't get me wrong, but now I'm just like, wow, this is like a there, fine-tuned machine. This is right. wild. There's yeah. a
0: there was a story on Vox that came out that like, essentially, the female body is like an engineering miracle. Like even like the best scientists totally don't understand. No, oh,
1: look, I just found out today. Like so we're you know we're, we're going know. over we're like. You know we're such hippies, but like um yeah. we have like doulas and midwives and right. you know acupuncturists and yada yada yada. We're a kind of an at-risk thing, so we're just sort of covering all our bases. But um I just found out today like when they if you if you give birth vaginally yes um that if when you pull the baby out and put the baby on the mother's chest immediately that the mother's chest has like a four degree variant that it will it will move itself
0: uh-huh. to
1: match or warm up the baby yeah like it does that's crazy like do you know what I mean shit. like the yeah. chest is just like oh shit that you know we gotta we gotta match these kids hero shit. what it's, like it's crazy wow yeah
0: science, yeah. Is,
1: not,
0: science is crazy and I think this is evidence that everybody listening to this should trust science
1: oh yeah oh absolutely yeah, Trust science. Trust, trust science and like empower women like yeah. you know absolutely I infinitely empower women i yeah. full, wholeheartedly believe that i was like raised by two women and it was just like this is incredible these are like yeah. superheroes right here
0: absolutely i I was raised by like a super feminist mom who oh were you (laughs) who who used to play for me you know she was a huge fan of like Whitney Houston and Celine Dion but it was always like female singers
1: yeah that's really cool how that's so great I mean we're having a girl so I'm I'm, like I'm trying to like you know get my stuff together like Okay, well, she needs to get this. And she's not going to blah, blah, blah. Nobody's going to blah, 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 blah. And, there you go. You know, I probably won't be to be doing that. I'll be a mess, but um,
0: no, like no, to no. pretend right now. I think you guys are going to be great parents. I do. Uh, hopefully. No, for sure. For sure. I have a couple more questions for you, and then I, I will let you go. These are questions that I ask everybody. Sure. Okay. These are sort of like the rapid fire fun ones. Um, I love those. These are my favorite. These are always Yeah. About- Really quickly, can
1: I ask you something yeah. really quick? What are you listening to podcast-wise? Any like recs? Oh,
0: good question. Um, I think I'll go sans politics podcast on this. Thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm only asking you that because the rapid question thing reminded me of the Alan Aldo one, which I kind of stumbled upon, which I like. Oh,
0: yeah. It's so funny, isn't it? It's, it's, it's good. It's hilarious. Um, so we'll go sans politics because I listen to way too much like Pod Save America. But... Um, <laughs> It's the only thing that can get my head around the state. Yeah,
1: give me like your top three.
0: So let's see. So, um, okay, I would say wait, wait, don't tell me.
1: Mm -hmm. Awesome.
0: Show that I beautiful. Um, there's a show called Tales by Parcast, and they read like original versions of old fairy tales. Oh wow! I collect old books. Uh huh. I'm like a voracious reader and so I collect a bunch of books and um she'll the woman who hosts the show she'll read this old fairy tale but she'll also give you like the history about who wrote it and like where it came from and there's stories from like all over the world but it's like the original version of Hansel and Gretel or like right
1: the the dark one the really yeah yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) best one um (laughs) But it's if you're into like literature or books or anything like that, I'd recommend that one. Great. Um, let's see what's another like fun one. I'm a huge fan of, of WTF with Mark Marin.
1: Yeah, I was just listening to. Yeah. The Nicole Kidman one is what I was listening to on the way home, <laughs> which was like, that blew me away how like, that was not yeah. what I was expecting. He is
0: able to like get something out of his guests that like- Yes, for nobody sure. Nobody else can. Mm-hmm. Like, my show has always sort of been modeled after his, like, because there's mm-hmm. something about that, like, he's able to humanize people that, like, like, I, his interview with Neil Young is still one of, like, I hold up like...
1: I've actually not, I've been waiting to listen. I did, like, Thundercat and Nicole Kidman back-to-back. And those were just like, this is amazing. Like I had yeah. such an appreciation for everybody involved, you know?
0: Yeah. But like his interviews with like guys like that are like, mm-hmm. to me, super mind blowing. Cause like, for you know, Neil Young is my hero and, you know. Oh, great. So like hear him talk about the bees with Mark, <laughs> just awesome. That's great. Those are like the fun ones. I also listen to like my daily horoscope every day. huh. <laughs> two awesome. hippies talking about stuff so like I get like a daily horoscope podcast <laughs> which is kind of fun but then it's a whole bunch of like crooked media stuff right. yeah so
1: I'll I'll pass on that right now I feel like yeah. I OD'd, Don't I OD'd worry. back in July so I'm mean, just re- <laughs> recovering <laughs> since <all> then are... <laughs> yeah everybody did that's when I started the painting thing by the way it's pretty funny
0: oh uh, yeah there you go that's right. like perfect. it's better than actually starting to take drugs based on what was going on in the country at the time there you go um, yeah so these are my favorite questions. So what's the best concert you've seen in the past five years as a fan?
1: Oh, God. Damn it. These are rapid fire questions. You're kidding me right now. Um,
0: They're also like the hardest questions.
1: Yeah. So let's see. Um, I mean, I, I would have to say just off the top of my head because it's on my mind, but like seeing um, getting to see Willie Nelson uh so many times i can't pick him up but um recently in the last five years it was pretty amazing it was pretty special it was pretty uh i I don't know i just had such such an appreciation for what was really happening what he was bringing to people what you know it was one of those things where you're like looking around like oh my god he's you know he's hitting everybody here like i remember seeing mccartney for the first time and like you walk like the energy in that room was like it was crazy
0: it's fucking nuts
1: and it's like, you know, if you go to like, you go see a show and like, there's like one hit or something and everybody knows that song and that energy where like everybody's, everybody's like a hundred percent into that song and singing. Like that was like three hours straight of that. And it was like a religious experience.
0: I saw um, him in Fenway Park. Which oh
1: tour? wow.
0: Yeah. which Was tour? that the one? Do you remember? Did,
1: did Billy Joel come out?
0: No, mine, okay. I saw him on the Out There tour, it was 2011.
1: Oh wow, the one I'm thinking of was like 2003. Okay. So it was within the last 20 years, but it was still...
0: No, it was yeah. cra- it's the same, i say the same thing. Like, I went with, I have only been to a couple of shows with my grandparents, my mom's parents. Mm-hmm. And that was the only time I have ever seen like my grandfather dance at a show. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, one, absolutely. Sorry, I, I, that, exactly. I took my mom, I take my mom to a couple of those. And uh-huh. I'm not, like this is gonna sound like some sort of crazy exaggeration, but I swear to God, she like looked younger it was yeah. like like her, like her DNA was like changing in front of me. I was, couldn't believe it. And the person I was with, I was like, this is going to sound crazy, but look at my mom right now. She looks younger, right? And he's like, oh my God, what is happening? And she's just like, you know, her, her body language was totally different. And you could see it just like hitting her and what yeah. was happening. I mean, music is just incredible. Live music is so incredible. It's such a shame that it's not accessible right now. You know, I feel like that's such a healing factor for all of us.
0: Yeah, for sure. That was definitely but yeah. I'll just
1: say Willie Nelson then. So sorry.
0: Oh, oh, those are great. Those two are awesome. Like Paul McCartney is definitely on my list. I will say uh, AC/DC was my dad.
1: Um, is he an ACDC fan?
0: That was epic. I will say it was a little <laughs> awkward though to like watch them do a whole lot of "Rosie" and like "You Took Me All Night Long" with my dad. <laughs> like that was a certain kind of awkward that was like going that's like when we went to see Guns N' Roses my dad took me to see Guns N' Roses as like a that was like my gift for graduating high school barely and you know did he appreciate
1: the moment or was it lost on him was he just like oh I didn't even think about the content or what we're seeing here
0: I think it was more exciting for him because like these were albums that he listened to when I was growing up you know Mm because like my mom never listened. The story I always like to tell is like my mom never listened to Baby Einstein because he used to give her migraines. <laughs> right. So like my parents that, used to. That is
1: perfect. Isn't it great? I don't know your mother, but I do now. Right. That's so great.
0: Everything you need to know. So like you know, I <laughs> up listening to fucking rock and roll because that's what like made my parents right. happy, and so. Mm-hmm. Going to see Beacon Roses or Def Leppard was another one. Like my dad, you know, was in college when those records were coming out and he never got to see the band. So like I got tickets for that show and was like, you come with me, like let's go do this together because that was a greatest hit. That's
1: so cool of you.
0: Right? And so like we were, so like I think it was for him more of just like doing this thing with his kid, you Mm -hmm. know, more so than like, let's pretend like we just didn't hear that. Cause like that was definitely like my energy about it. You sure. Know? I'm sure. just like, let this one pass over and we'll move on to the next song. And, but that was another one of like three hours of just boom, 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 boom. And like everybody, Man. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, I have never experienced, you know that kind of like visceral energy before.
1: Yeah. For sure
0: it was it was like physical Mm -hmm. totally understand um is there a new record out this or i would say this past year that you love something new
1: yeah oh man there's there's so many actually which is pretty funny um i guess l l michaels is it l michaels or l mitchell's i think it's michaels um he's got he's got a record out that came out last year that i really love been listening to that a lot to be honest with you I've just been listening to a lot of like classical and jazz music just really? on and on in the background without just like being like putting on whatever and letting it go
0: so underrated. what's that I think classical music so underrated
1: oh man talk about healing like that's like the second if you wake up and put that on like it just elevates you Okay. Oh, yeah. not energetically well, I mean I guess energetically, but it's like you're just like, whoosh, like yeah super cleansing
0: is there any composer in particular that is speaking to you right now?
1: No, not really. Just a lot of on um, <laughs>
0: That's
1: the both of them together. Um, Mozart and Beethoven. Just because I mean, you know, that's like the kids coming to and right. you know yeah. have that on in the background yeah. is gonna make their brain bigger. But yeah, right. Um, maybe we'll name the kid Bozart. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's such a. I'm so glad you mentioned classical music. You're the first person to mention classical music on the show. I, um, when I was in college, the the student discount for the Boston Baroque Orchestra was like ten bucks. So if I could, if I didn't have enough money to go see like some other band, you know, oh I have ten bucks laying around, I can go see you know the fucking symphony or whatever.
1: That's and so cool that you were open to do that. Really, I don't think a lot of people live.
0: I need music in person. Sure, but it's yeah. Great because like, and you know, I remember like going on like a Sunday afternoon at three, and it's me and like the nursing home.
1: <laughs> You're right, I know, I know. I wish it was more appreci- appreciated. Appreciated, um, yeah.
0: It's just magic.
1: It really is. Yeah. I don't know how, like, yeah.
0: It's fucking great. I think it's um, awesome. So underrated. So if, if, when it comes back, I encourage the young people to go <laughs> to young
1: it. people. If you're listening,
0: yeah, go, go watch some Beethoven live. That shit will blow your mind. That's so true though. Yeah. Yes, That shit will blow your mind. Um, your most memorable moment on stage. Ooh.
1: Wow. That's, that's really tough. That's really tough. There's been a lot um, I think any sort of moment where there was a connection, not, you know, between like the musicians on stage mm. and, and, you know, the list, you know, the audience as well. That's, I mean, those are all like the major moments for me anytime that happens, re- regardless of like where, when, or who, or how, but I, you know, we did like now that Willie Nelson's on my mind, we, we got up and sang the last two songs with him. Whoa. And that was, that was heavy. Cause it was like, it was us, Bonnie Raitt, uh, Allison Krause, trying to think who else is there. I can't believe I'm going to forget this, you know, and Willie's band. And it was just like, wow. yeah, you know, this is cr- First of all, it was like crazy. You know what I mean? Like, this is crazy. Um, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to just FaceTime my mom right then, but um, yeah. that was, that was pretty heavy, you know, just to be in that, energy in that little mix up there was pretty, in the pretty practice. intense, you know, talking about, cause you could, you were on the other end. Like you, once you got out there, you could feel that audience, you could feel the energy they were giving willing really enough. I mean, like, you could just like, as long as you could see it, like, seriously, it was so thick and um, you could see that like, cause like we were talking about before, usually the people are in your like peripheral, yeah. like they're having the experience along with you, but to sort of see a sea of those faces, like clearly, getting something and giving something was uh it was just like breathtaking
0: that's you know it
1: was it was wild and i was like what was yeah that was so heavy like i think yeah
0: that's beautiful i I
1: can't even like put it into words like what that moment was like
0: so that's so powerful that's
1: yeah
0: um one thing i'm i'm asking people now one book you have read in i'm calling i wrote one book you've read while in quarantine it's been more one book you've read during the pandemic
1: <laughs> yeah um well one book that i've enjoyed is um i'm not i'll read any book about music right Me biography too. autobiography even if it's somebody i don't like yeah. um i don't i'll get something out of it regards so um ken clay wrote this book called making rumors and it's about the making of rumors Fleetwood That's Mac,
0: like and I'm not like I
1: I don't, you know, I'm not a Fleetwood Mac fan really per se. Not that I don't not like them, or, but I um, I just don't. It's not been part of my diet. But that book is so good. Um, it mixes a lot of like studio geek stuff with like some real heartfelt moments, and it's just well written, and it's a great narrative, and it, it's really um, if you're into. Like the studio side of things or how things get made as well as sort of like interplay and interband dynamic and stuff like that without it being like some sort of like gossipy whatever um it's a great book really is
0: i'm glad glad to know that it doesn't read like a soap opera because no not at all
1: because i feel like anything like with bands like that is all like you know this person did this and you've heard this a million times and
0: right and i think the only thing that people know about bands like fleetwood mac because a lot of the writing that i do is Mm -hmm. rooted in like old classic rock I'm sort of like a 45 year old stuck in this like 20 something (laughs) body
1: that sounds great (laughs) yeah me too
0: (laughs) and the um, Fleetwood Mac is one of those bands sort of like the Eagles where everybody Mm. the only thing you know about them is that they hated each other or that they were sleeping with each other or that they were doing a lot of drugs or whatever and you forget you go oh no 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 these records are fucking groundbreaking for all kinds of reasons. So I'm really yeah. know that.
1: Yeah. It, it put like a whole new perspective on their career. And at that time, um, musically that in the world. and The
0: importance of that record too.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's why i going back and like listening to those records mm. um, or that record in particular, after like reading all that stuff, it's like, wow, this is pretty, this is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. That was a show I'll never forget. I got to see them on the reunion tour.
1: Oh, oh did you? See. Excellent. Yeah.
0: Yeah, my mom, I said to my mother, because my mother, huge Stevie Nicks fan. And of course. I was, right? <laughs> and, um, I was like, they were coming to Providence. Mm-hmm. And I said to my mom, I was like, I don't care if it's a Monday night and I got to go to school the next morning. I don't, I don't care. We're going. Because I knew it was important to her too. Mm. And I was like, we're fucking going to this gig. And we get there and she kind of like, Floated out right and I tell you man Lindsay Buckingham maybe left the stage for 30 seconds like it was you know that was I think that was the first time I was probably in a crowd where I felt that exchange for the first time in a real way that you were Mm -hmm. talking about of like oh this is history here yeah I, i'm sure you had that sense too right that of like this is a part of something bigger than me in this mm-hmm. right
1: absolutely that's, that's awesome. cool that you got to see that show
0: oh my god that was crazy that but i cool.
1: recommend that book i mean um even yeah. if you're sort of just like a, a low-key fan it's there's a lot of uh really interesting facts in there and it, and it really just sets such such it's such a a great paints such a great picture a create of the you know their creative process at that time and um yeah it's it's really cool
0: yeah for sure is there any new music coming out that you're excited about other than your own
1: (laughs) um i don't know not necessarily like on my immediate horizon that i can think of um i've sort of been living in a bubble Hmm. like all of this what about you is there anything you're listening to or looking forward to
0: i mean I'm a sucker for reissues and remasters and- Oh,
1: cool. Well, oh yeah. Okay. Right? Right. Um,
0: but I will recommend, since you asked, uh, there's a really fabulous independent record label called Magnetic Eye Records mm-hmm. out of Brooklyn. I'm, I don't know if you're familiar. I am. Um, they're wonderful people and have a lot of great, like heavy metal. I started you know, working in the metal scene when I started college, I came up as a, a metal kid. So they were like always a big name. Stoner, Doom, kind of. If you're into like Black Sabbath or anything, you'd like Magnetic Eye. But they do these really great compilation records where they'll take like a really famous album and then like one, uh, they'll take a bunch of bands from all over the scene and each band will cover a different song. It's really, really cool. And they just released a few months ago, they put out Dirt. They did Dirt by Alice in Chains. Right. like a whole bunch of bands you know each one covered a song um that is an absolute killer and then they just did that's a cool series yeah they did Mm -hmm. volume four by black sabbath that was like they did the and both of and the other thing too about those projects that's really great is a lot of them are funded as like kickstarters Great. so these are like projects that are funded by fans Mm -hmm. yeah we care about this shit that's just makes it all the sweeter when you get it, you know? Absolutely. They yeah. did Trick Ladyland as well. That was like soup. That was just, that was probably one of the best that they ever did. Um, there's a local band on that one called Elder, who also released a new record this past year that's absolutely tremendous. It's called Omens. Um, so if you're into like sleep or Om, Bliss, mm-hmm um earth there's a band called earth sure yeah that i know a lot of people who listen to the show like you would love those so i think those are my i try to i'm trying to direct people to like independently funded projects because those people who like really are or who care about the product a lot um
1: that's nice to hear that's a great recommendation actually
0: yeah they're really really cool um Last question I have for you, this is mm-hmm. always my favorite question. Why do you love playing music?
1: Oh man, um, these are... <laughs> <sighs> I
0: like,
1: I feel like that, ex- that, that exchange mm. um, is, I just feel like it's such a healthy and heartfelt exchange between everybody involved um, you know staff band members audience members I, I just think I, I don't know there's such a um, there's just this connected energy that is undeniable like whatever genre whatever it is um, I just love that feeling you know even if it's a shitty bad night or whatever And there's like two people that, you know there's still a moment of that that's still there it's not going anywhere you're just either you're open to it um, or you're not because you feel you know certain environmental things are setting you off. But I just I don't know. I just love what it does to everyone involved at that moment.
0: Yeah. Right on. Uh, where can the people listening uh follow you and support you?
1: Uh Instagram.
0: Okay.
1: Todd Harrington. Um, Bandcamp Todd Harrington, Facebook Todd Harrington. And I just I you know that's funny. Tim reminded me that I have a website under my name, which I did not even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go I go and check that out because I'm sure it's like uh I don't know how old it is now, but I wonder <laughs> how many I mean how many millions of musicians have the same thing. Like oh, I have right. a website, I forgot about that. Right. Um so yeah, maybe they'll use that as some sort of a okay. daily reminder, but yeah, well, all the usual stuff.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for spending so much time with us.
1: Absolutely. This has been great. Congratulations. I, the format's <laughs> awesome. Your guests are great. And you're such a you. great host.
0: Thank you very much. And, and you're welcome here anytime I consider you a friend. Um, Absolutely.
1: Likewise. We'll have to have you on the paint touch stuff. That'd be great. Oh, that'd be a great, great. one.
0: I would be honored to do that sometime you just let yeah. me know it's not like I'm going anywhere so right exactly
1: right on I will definitely <laughs> let you know seriously that would be great
0: Yeah, I would love I would be honored to do that so just hit me up uh whenever you want to do that um thank you so much and uh I hope to talk to you soon
1: likewise take care
0: all right you too